Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is JC, your usual host. And, uh, you know, it never fails to impress me how much is out on the internet that we can find about the history that happened here in our own backyard. So that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. However, up front, one of my favorite small towns here in central Appalachia is the town of St. Paul. And that is an interesting place where there was a lot of history um, going back as far as pre-Revolutionary War as well. So for those of you who haven't been to St. Paul, every year there's a festival that happens. It's called the Clinch River Days. And I'm not sure when it happens this year. I know it's usually early June. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this would be the 26th year of the Clinch River Days. Um, So if it's in early June, late May, whenever it is, mark your calendars. It, I know it's early February now, but hey, keep it in mind, the weather's already starting to change a little bit. The groundhog did not see a shadow. That's kind of exciting. So after that big snowstorm that had us all trapped in for a while, um, kind of nice to see the, the, the change of weather and to think about some of the upcoming festivals coming up this year. Um, again, there's always at this particular Clinch River Days or Spearhead Trails, it's all kinds of activities. I think there's actually farmer's markets. Uh, there's a kid's fishing tournament. There's a trail race. I know they do the river floats, and they have a, a rides for kids and a magician and a lot of live music. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So it's go, it goes on for a couple of days, two or three days. But um, mark that, you know, keep that in mind to mark on your calendars when you do find out. But St. Paul, um, beautiful little town. It's in uh, Russell. It's Russell County, Virginia, but it's right on the border of Wise County as you drive through. And, uh, you know, his, the history of this town is quite interesting. One of the things I don't like about when you search for the history of a town, sometimes their websites, the town's websites, don't really give you a full history. I would love a full history. Um, but when you go to Wikipedia, oh, they it fails to give you much history there either. But I did find out that St. Paul uh, was incorporated in 1911, and it became a, okay, what they said it a bi-county town located in the uh, Appalachian Mountains of Wise and Russell County. Uh, sits right along the Clinch River. Hey, that's handy for the Clinch River days. Uh, so, again, there's a lot of trails there, and uh, there's an old French settlement by that Clinch River. Um, there's a trail that leads back to it. Uh, to a French settlement back to 19 or 1791. That's on the Sugar Hill Trail if you haven't had a chance to walk that. Uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a fun time back there. It's not a terribly long trail either. But um, 
they've had a lot of different historic events that take place in that little town. And, uh, you know, they've, they've had the Santa train that goes through. I, I think this past year was the last year they're doing the Santa train. I'm not sure. I hope not. Um, but, you know, if you look at uh, the size of the town, it's quite small. Uh, maybe about a thousand people. And that goes back to the last couple of census uh, that were taken, 2000 and 2010. Um, yeah, so the it, it, it's quite a small town. But one of the things that uh, really kind of um, struck me about the history of it was one of, the, one of my fascinations here in this area is how here in central Appalachia, we were kind of um, important to the beginning of the Revolutionary War. Now, if you're not familiar with, you know, St. Paul and the, and the whole area there, there's, there's Castlewood. And, um, I found a really interesting article about, um, it used to be called Castle's Woods, by the way. So I found this uh, really old, um, near Tipple Hill Cemetery, an old pioneer era house. It's called the Samuel Porter Home. Some of you may know it. Um, but it was... Uh, Built at the edge of the wilderness, it's kind of a little modest cabin. Um, I guess the years rolled by, some people sort of modernized it. And, um, but there aren't too many 18th century homes that survived in Russell County today. There's a handful, but, but not many. But um, the history of this is when the earliest settlers uh, from different parts of the east and the north and uh, the south, they, they came up through here and... Uh, and they wanted to settle what was called Castle's Woods. But at the time when they got here, the settlement was prohibited, actually, by the government. Uh, so the first settlers were actually, I guess what you call squatters. Um, they There was a what was called a proclamation line that they were not allowed to go across. Well, they went across anyway, and they were living beyond the proclamation line, and which meant they were outside of the protection of the government and the law. But they were able to buy some of that land. Um, some of them were. They were allowed to buy some of the land that they were squatting on. But most were evicted, and when the legal owners took possession of their land, they, they just kicked, kicked people out of there. Well, anyway, there, some years ago, there was a, a researcher, a guy who grew up in St. Paul. I read this on the uh, Clinch Valley Times, um, an article about the early settlers of the area. Guy by the name of Tom Rudder. I've never met the man, but I want to give him mention on this because he did a lot of research, and this is, this article is based on his research. Um, so he researched a lot of the early landowners of Castlewood, and uh, the, he gave this information to the Clinch Valley Times, who published it. And anyway, they they couldn't get it in the newspaper, according to what I read online because the, they had size limitations and just limitations of the format, but they were able to put it online. And if you go to, uh, just if you do a search for Clinch Valley Times, early settle, settlers of Castlewood or Castles Woods, you'll find this. There's a really great map that uh, he worked in here. It's called from the St. Paul Heritage Collection. And in that, um, it has the all the landowners going out and, and like how many acres they owned and what section they had the map that had sectioned off and what section they owned, how many acres. 
this is really fascinating stuff, especially if you like to track, um, you know, family histories and, and heritage uh, histories. This is from the St. Paul Heritage Collection. This map and these uh, this list of acreage and who owned this. Completely fascinating. This is from the 1774 surveys of the Castle's Woods by Daniel Smith, which indicated that the land was part of the Loyal Company grant. The Loyal Company had been granted 800,000 acres of land in 1749. And on the 25th of May, 1763, the Loyal Land Company petitioned the governor and the council for renewal and confirmation of the grant, but their petition was denied upon the ground that they were restricted by His Majesty's uh, instructions from renewing, confirming, or confirming the grant. All surveys made up uh, upon the clinch were therefore void. Um, so, I guess he could not find any record of legal ownership of land by any person on the clinch during the existence of Thincastle County from 1772 to 1777. Fascinating stuff. Some great research about this guy. This is amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I did also, uh, one of the things I've read about uh, also was right there in that area. Um, I've talked on the show before about Lord Dunmore's War. And there was a series of forts in southwest Virginia during the period of the Indian hostilities. That was from 1774 to 1794. And you'll find several of these historical road markers up. You'll find those dates listed on those showing the name of the fort and what year it was, is, uh, it was established. And there's, I found some really interesting maps online that shows the locations of these forts uh, in the Powell and the Clinch and the Lower Holston watersheds. And um, you can, there's an index to those forts online if you do a Google search for a list of forts of Southwest Virginia. Uh, now they only approximate where these things are, but I've actually I've actually driven out and found almost all of them. I've yet to stumble across Houston's fort, but hey, the weather's changing. To be continued, right? Um, so as I was doing some some uh, research, Moore's Fort was actually located in the Lower Castles Woods between the Clinch River and the Hunter's Trace. And uh, later that was the road to Kentucky. And um, it was described uh, in one application as being one mile from the Clinch River. Um, a guy by the name of Hamilton uh, describes it as uh, located on the land owned in 1968 by W.S. Banner, known as the Sally Mead Place. So if you're from that area, you probably know where that's at. Um, Daniel Boone lived on the Clinch River uh, from this time until 1775. Again, another fascinating piece of history that our greatest pioneer you know, was, was all over these lands. And that's when he led his second and a successful party to Kentucky and found a Boonesboro. But while living at Castlewood, um, a son named William was born to Daniel and Rebecca. And the baby died in infancy and was buried at Moore's Fort Graveyard which um, I, I have not seen that, but uh, I think you'd probably have to maybe do some sort of, uh, find some specific types of maps. But uh, if, if I find it, 
I will certainly put up some pictures on our uh, website. Um, Moore's Fort was a, a garrison and stockaded structure. It's actually quite big. It was designed as a principal location where settlers in the Castles Woods area could what they call fort up during the periods of Indian hostilities. So no description. I couldn't find any description of the size or shape of the fort, but I did find out that it had two gates, a front gate and a back gate. And the front gate opened toward the uh, the uh, spring, which I think they say you can still see today if you visit the spot. Um, Major Samuel Scott, and this is off of WeRelate.org, uh, Mrs. Samuel Scott of Jessamine County, uh, Kentucky, who was also at the time living in the fort. Uh, Mrs. Scott says the men had become very careless in guarding the fort, lounging outside the gate, playing ball in uh, and in general lax in their duties. One day, Mrs. Boone and her daughter, uh, Mrs. Uh, Hannah Carr, and some of the other ladies loaded their guns lightly, went out from the fort, shut the gates, and shot their guns off in rapid succession like the Indians. The men all scrambled uh, for the fort, but finding the gates shut, none could get in. We got one young man who managed to climb over the stockade uh, wall he got in. So great was their consternation that some of the men ran through the pond in front of the fort. After they were finally let in at the gates, Mrs. Scott says the men were so mad, some of them wanted to have the women whipped. Um, so if the fort, you know, that, if you read that, that says, shows that the fort was actually pretty heavily stockaded and gated. Um, this was also uh, something I read on the site. Moore's Fort must have been large, perhaps the largest fort on the frontier. Uh, a guy by the name of Frederick Fraley, I guess a researcher, um, says that there was continuously some 20 families in the fort with 20 or 25 men out on patrol as Indian spies. Considering the large size of pioneer families, plus the militia assigned to protect the fort, surely must have sheltered some 150 to 200 people and would have taken a large stockage to quarter and shelter this number of people. That's pretty, pretty uh, substantial size. Um, there's a nearby fort called Cowan's Fort, uh, and I found the road marker for that, the historic marker for that. Uh, but this uh, Morris Fort would have been much larger, it looks like. Uh, this is also from Mrs. Scott's testimony. One year while we lived on Clinch, we had no need to fort and did not fort. Cowan's Fort was about two miles from Moore's. We went in, we went to it one year, but it was too weak, but seven or eight families did. So I guess the statement that Moore's Fort had housed some 20 families is, I guess, consistent with... Uh, her statement that it was larger than Cowan's Fort, which only housed, like she said, seven or eight families. So anyway, the fort was built during Dunmore's War of 1774. It was initially called Fort Bird by William Russell, who was a uh, you know, political leader at the time, who named several of the forts himself for members of uh, Virginia's aristocracy and plantation owners, basically. Uh, the fort was not commonly known as Fort Bird, but rather by whoever owned the property at any given time. 
At the time of its initial construction, it was on property owned by James Moore and came to be called Moore's Fort. Both James Moore and his brother William owned property in this area, which has uh, led to some confusion, with William Moore sometimes being identified as the original owner. In any case, um, a man by the name of John Snotty eventually purchased these lands, and Moore's Fort came to be known as Snotty's Fort. Still later, um, Snotty went to Kentucky. Frederick Fraley purchased the properties, and the fort was sometimes referred to as Fraley's Fort. Uh, but today, it's just commonly called Moore's Fort after the original owner. And here's an excerpt of Boone at the fort. This, uh, this was the fort that sheltered Daniel Boone and his family after the return to the Clinch in 1773, when Boone's son and others were killed by the Indians on Wallens Creek in his first attempt at a Kentucky settlement. By petition of the people of Blackmore's Fort, Daniel Boone was placed in command of Moore's and Blackmore's Fort in 1774 as a captain of militia and continued to command them until he went to Kentucky in the spring of 1775 to found Boonesboro. While living on the clinch, a son was born to Daniel and Rebecca Boone, whose name was William, and who died soon after birth and lies in an unmarked grave in the old Moore's Fort Cemetery on the brow of a hill overlooking the fort and the Clinch River. Um, yeah, here's uh, some one other interesting thing I'll mention before we close up today. There was a roster um, of Moore's Fort from 1777. Uh, it's based on uh, the Draper MSC item, which is, a, I guess, some citation uh, below. I'm not sure what that means. And has been annotated to show the familiar relationships familial relationships between militiamen. Most of those listed were either kin to Patrick Porter at the time, or would have been kin in future years through marriages of his children. And I have a listing of all these uh, men. So, yeah, this is really interesting. Um, yeah, some of these people even stretched into Tazewell County uh, in relations. So, yeah, this is really interesting history that we stand on here. And if you don't know much about Lord Dunmore's War and how it led to the uh, first unofficial battle of the Revolutionary War, take some time to uh, to do some research. Read about it online. I know here at our foundation, we're going to be working on a pamphlet, um, actually a series of small booklets that we want to make available to uh, our supporters and just people in general about local history that we're sort of missing today. So this Lord Dunmore's War is on the uh, radar of one of the pamphlets that we want to do that gives you a you know a brief overhead kind of like a cliff's notes version of what happened uh in that war why it's important to our history and why it's important to our region thanks again everybody for uh, tuning in to another episode here of appalachian shine greatly appreciate it uh we do ask that you stop by and visit us online at www.supportappalachia.org and uh, we'd actually encourage you to uh, make a $10, $20 donation, whatever you can afford. We greatly appreciate it. It goes toward you know our efforts here, our mission here at the foundation. All of us here that are here are just volunteers. Uh, we certainly thank you for your support and for sharing our word. And make sure you say, uh, subscribe to our podcast and share this with uh, with others. Thanks again. We'll see you on down the road.